Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oxford, Mississippi is one of the most beautiful towns in the entire country. And there's no place quite like Oxford in the spring. Maybe you've thought about moving to Oxford, but haven't taken the plunge yet. If you're in the market, you need only look in one place. The Lamar. Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood and an innovative new development from John Welty Realty. Located just up North Lamar, blocks from the Oxford Square, the Lamar offers 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses. Only a few steps from your front door, a grocery store, brewery, shops, and other amenities. Build out on these modern open concept homes is happening, so get in now. Call them today at 662-816-2782. You can also reach out via email, hello at thelamarms.com. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, and proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. It's a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. A lot of questions to get to. Ole Miss baseball this weekend is on the road. The NFL Draft Combine is this weekend. Going on right now, actually, is Colin Brister. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. What's up? How fast could you run a 40? Ooh, I was a good five flat in high school, but that right now, oof, God, God knows. Yeah. I'm afraid if they did like a um, media Olympics, it'd be really ugly for all of us. Who would win, though? I would love to say me because I'm cocky, but no, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> there might be some things I'd win in. Like if one of the events is ping pong, I'm killing everybody. <laughs> what if it's golf? What if we got some golf? Chase. Chase. Chase or Chuck? I don't know if Rippy could compete in golf. Oh, of course he could. Yes, Rippy's really good. I'd probably put my money on Chuck, but I wouldn't feel good about it with Chase and Rippy in the field. I would be last. <laughs> Even though I've played a lot of golf in my life, I'm not good. My experience with golf is much different than other people's experience. I like to go out there, put some uh, beer in my stomach, and uh, yeah, wherever the ball goes, it goes. I bet you're a hell of a puppet player, though. I'm the fun golf guy. I'm the one you enjoy going and playing on the golf course with because, you know, I'm not going to take it seriously. And you feel good about yourself. (laughs) You're probably not going to lose. Yeah. We're not keeping score. That's the biggest thing. (laughs) Because I'm going to be embarrassing. I don't want to know how embarrassing I was. Off to a rousing start in this edition of Talk of Champions. Got a bunch of mailbag questions coming up. I mentioned at the top, Ole Miss baseball on the road this weekend. Seven and one, seven straight wins. Came back to beat Southern Miss. What are you looking for this weekend? You know, it was interesting. I, not, not to belabor the point on Southern Miss, but I didn't think Ole Miss played particularly well in the midweek, and they got out of there with a win, and this one will look good on a resume in May. Um, this weekend, look, you know, Doug Nikhazy is going to beat high point. I want to see what Gunnar Hoagland looks like against a really good East Carolina team. 
Um, if he's really good again, I thought he was pretty good against Louisville. If he's really good against another top 15 team, I think it might be time to believe in him. So I think that's the biggest storyline for me going into the weekend is how Gunner's able to handle another top 25 team. Before we get into all the questions, I ask you this every single week during baseball season. You predicted the season, the record, what it was going to be. Have you moved off of it? Improvement on it? Where are you uh, at with the record? I think it's still the same. I think, look, I'll be honest. I don't believe in this bullpen right now. I think there's a lot of glaring issues right there. I still have 38 and 18, 16 and 14, and a 12 to a 14 seat as a, as a host. I haven't really changed since the beginning of the season, and I don't think I will know. I kind of think that's where they are. If, if I had a little bit more faith in the bullpen, um, I'd, I'd improve it some because I think the offense is better than any anything we expected through the first eight games of the year um but the bullpen has just not been what it needs to be at least in my eyes yet kind of stole my thunder that was my next <laughs> line of questioning what is the strength of the team or what part of the team what strength of the team gives you confidence they can overperform what you currently predict them to finish i'd be that starting pitching right i mean i, I think doug mckay is going to be really good i think gunner hoagland's uh, I think he's got a chance to be phenomenal, and I think Derek Diamond's going to be one of the better Saturday guys in the SEC or better Sunday guys, excuse me, in the SEC. So starting pitching is where it starts, but the bullpen is concerning. I don't think Austin Miller's been particularly good. You like what you've seen out of Taylor Broadway for sure, but behind him, I mean, what? Who? I guess Max Chofey's been the second most impressive arm. Behind those two, I don't know who you're really counting on out of the bullpen just yet. Taylor Broadway's been really, really good. Yes. Came into a big situation on Tuesday night, I guess, and, and got Ole Miss out of it and gave him, I think, three shutout innings after that. He's He's been good. There are some questions about how we would manage the bullpen, so I don't want to go too deep into this. But if there's an area I was going to ask you that would pull you off of your current prediction for their final record, you say bullpen, I want to throw this at you too. Offensively, they've been pretty home run dependent. If you look deep into the numbers, not a lot of hits that's going to come back to the mean a little bit. It's not like this is going to be what they are. They're currently on pace to hit 128 home runs. That would absolutely shatter the regular season record of 98 set in 1998. I don't think they're going to hit home runs at a historic pace, but I do think this team has a lot of power. And I will say the ability to get the ball out of Swayze Field in February is nothing to look down upon that's not an easy task so them getting the ball out of the ballpark right now is impressive I think if that if you want to be concerned by that that's certainly a fair argument but I would also argue there's a lot of doubles and and I think guys are getting good swings off too I think they're I think the approach is pretty good let's see how they hit at East Carolina this weekend because I think Indiana is going to pitch it pretty well on Sunday and I know they're going to pitch it well on Saturday when East Carolina shows up so I think this weekend is just as important as the Louisville weekend uh, starting on Saturday. Obviously, Ole Miss should have zero problems with high point on Friday. You've already answered it, but what you're most looking forward to in Ole Miss sports this weekend is what I'm assuming it's not Ole Miss Vanderbilt. I'm glad you informed me of who the basketball team that's played this weekend because I had no clue. Um, basketball team, they should win that, but that's another story for another day. Yeah, it's baseball. It's absolutely baseball. I mean, I guess the combine would honestly be second because basketball just right now, it is what it is. Brian Tyree, I heard on the radio network, David Kellum said it, is going to be honored on Saturday. It's not their last home game, but apparently he's going to be honored on Saturday. I like that better if it does happen. Maybe David was mistaken, but if they did move senior night up to noon on Saturday against Vanderbilt, that's better than next week when their last home game in the regular season is like at 8 p.m. And no one would be yeah. for that. Yeah, no, that's actually I, – I like that a lot because – If it uh, happens, because, again, I don't know. 
Right. It's a, that's a midweek game against Missouri. You're not going to get good attendance and Brian deserves a lot better than he's gotten this year. So I, I would hope that he gets as good of a crowd as, as humanly possible. Cause them four kids put Ole Miss on his back but without Brian Tyree. Are they two and 16 bad? No. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe, I don't know. Brian's <laughs> carried them all year. Here's the encouraging thing about Auburn. The loss to Auburn is Brian went three of 19 from the floor and they were yeah. getting contributions from guys like Austin Crowley, Bryce Williams, giving them something. You take Brian off this team, and it's less wins. I do think they win their next two and lose and start one and finish six and 12, but it's less wins than four if Brian's not on this team. I mean, that's, that's just math. Yeah, four and 14. Ugh. I could have never predicted double-digit losses for Ole Miss in the SEC this year. No, no, man. I don't want to get too far off into this, but it's technically – two pretty bad seasons in three years. I wonder what that does to Ole Miss from a fan base perspective. I know you got new life last year when you got Kermit and made the NCAA tournament, but again, it's two pretty bad years in, in a three-year window. So I'd hate to look up and that kill any, you know, basketball momentum that this fan base had uh, just because, you know, the results kind of hadn't been there in, re- in recent memory besides the NCAA tournament run. Well, fans are still showing up. Sure. They were there for sure. Alabama. Next year's got to be better. It, it can't be worse. What constitutes a success this weekend for Ole Miss baseball? Wow, I think I'm going to put some. I think they need to win. They need to win the East Carolina game. If they win the East Carolina game, we're going to assume they don't lose to High Point. If they go two and one in their losses to Indiana, I would say that's a successful weekend. Um, so if they win the East Carolina game and win the High Point game, you can't lose the High Point game because they'll kill your RPI. So winning the East Carolina game, or basically avoid losing the High Point game. Well, I mean, I, I don't think you can roll out one and two and say it was a success, successful weekend. So, no, they, they, they need to beat High Point, and then they need to beat East Carolina, and then whatever happens against Indiana happens. Well, my point was, even if they come out of it with only one win, and that's High Point, depending on how those other two games went, doesn't necessarily mean that it was a failure. Oh, I'm not going to say it was a failure. No, no. I just I think if you can, if you can win the East Carolina game on the road, that's a hostile environment. Now, I don't know what the weather is going to look like up there. And it's not going to be Baton Rouge or Arkansas, but it's not an easy place to play. So if you were to come out of there with a win, I think they needed to gain some confidence on the road. I will say that uh, Ole Miss teams have struggled recently on the road. And I think, you know, winning a series up there would certainly help that. Not a series, but a game against East Carolina. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, it doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. It's time now to open the Modern Woodman mailbag. But first, let's hear from Modern Woodman and BNA Bank, both of which power Talk of Champions. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-296. 
888-382-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives. Securing futures. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. The mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Opening up the mail back here on Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Colin Brister. Up first, Cason Collins at CC Bearcat 23. Give me an Ole Miss football flaming hot take. Mine, Cason Collins says, is Grant Tisdale starting against Baylor? No. <laughs> no. No. Eight and four. Eight and four. Yeah, that's pretty bold. Here's the <laughs> deal. Grant Tisdale, it's like fear of missing out. It's when all your friends go out and you're back at home and you see them posting pictures on social media and you go, oh, man. If Grant Tisdale had been good enough to impact games last year. Don't you think he'd have played? I think that's fair, but listen to me when I say this, and I don't I don't mean this as a negative. I do think there's a portion of the Ole Miss fan base that didn't trust Matt Luke and Rich Rodriguez to play them even if he could have. Like they had that little faith in that coaching staff. So I do think there's a portion of that Ole, of the Ole Miss fan base that that thinks that he could have been good enough to impact winning and Matt Luke and Rich Rodriguez kept him off the field. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm saying those people exist. I'm saying if he could have impacted games, he would have been in the game. He would have played. We're so quick these days to just dismiss a John Rice because he didn't meet certain expectations in year one, and yet Grant Tisdale gets all this confidence, and he didn't even play. All Miss fans want to say, oh, Grant Tisdale's coming, and yet John Rice is actually produced. Yes, he wasn't a prolific passer. I agree. Actually, pretty ugly as a passer. But yet you're willing to give Grant Tisdale a pass when he didn't even play on a 4-8 team. And yet John Rice, you're ready to write him off as a passer because you saw his body of work in a true freshman year thrown into the fire. It makes no sense to me. That leap in logic is bizarre. And Matt Corral didn't get a fair chance at all. He got hurt and got benched. And when he did come in, he came in on obvious passing downs or in obvious passing situations. Did a complete disservice to both quarterbacks. So my hot take is not that. Here's a hot take. <laughs> that won't even come true. Miles Battle leads Ole Miss in receiving yards. That won't come true. Ben, Ben. All right. Jaquez Jones leads Ole Miss in tackling. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, because Miles Battle just... I'm trying to go out there. That's out there. Yeah, Jaquez is not quite that far out there. Miles Battle, it's just, it's just not happening. <laughs> that take can't even be hot because you can't even put it on the stove. Ooh, here we go. Would you, would you, if you had to bet money, Miles Battle leads them in receiving yards or Grant Tisdale starts versus Baylor? Which one are you taking? Oh, Miles Battle. <laughs> I don't get the Grant Tisdale hype. Maybe in a year and a half or something, when one of these other quarterbacks have left, 
Real quick, didn't Matt Luke and uh, Rich Rodriguez tell Grant to go away once they uh like near signing day when he signed? Wasn't there a story there that they were trying to drop him or something? I think there was. Maybe there was. I didn't report it, so I don't know. But Grant Tisdale coming back, that's great. Didn't get a lot of love in the transfer portal. Didn't have many options. Alabama State. Tucker Italiano at Tucker Italiano. Which Ole Miss baseball player has the best chance, current Ole Miss baseball player, the best chance of making it to the bigs? Uh, Gunnar Hoagland? There are three candidates. Gunnar Hoagland, Jerrion Ely, Anthony Servideo. Okay, I was going to say four. I would. I was going to add Derek Diamond on there, but yeah. And everyone wants to go, wait, Ben, oh, come on, Jerrion Ely. It's projectability. That's what baseball prospects sure. are all about. It's projectability. Look, man, if you can run, you can swing that aluminum stick that'll turn to wood, they'll, they'll find you a spot. I'm not saying Jerrion Ely now. Jerrion Ely's better than Anthony Alford, Alford was in this stage of his development, and Anthony Alford's gotten up. Getting my back here. <laughs> All about projectability. Oh, no, 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 no. We screwed up. Hayden Dunhurst. God almighty, how the hell did we screw that one up? Oh, He'll boy. beat them all to the big leagues. He's number one. Yeah, yeah. They, that kid's going to play Major League Baseball, and I have no doubt about it. He's going to make a lot of money doing it. I was watching spring training baseball this weekend, and I was watching the Braves, of course, and Shea Langerleers, who went nine overall to the Braves, Hits a home run. And the biggest question mark for Shea is can his bat play? Because the glove Ooh. is going to get him to the big leagues. Because if you can play defense at catcher in the big, like you're going to make it to the big leagues at worst as a backup. Famed New Albanian Eli Whiteside had a long Major League Baseball career just because he was able to play defense. Mm-hmm. Hayden Dunhurst is already there. What? can Dunhurst improve on while he's in college from a defensive standpoint? Because everything already kind of seems elite. I mean, pitch framing. Okay. That's it. But he's already there. He's pretty good at it. For his age. But you can always get better. His whole deal, just like with Shea, can his bat play enough to where, no, he's going to be a Major League Baseball catcher. Can he be a starter, all-star caliber player with his bat? Because his defense, he's going to be in the pros. Not a matter of if, what he ends up being. Is he just a backup because his defense is the only thing that plays? Or is his bat developed enough to where now he's one of the best catchers in the game? It's a completely different conversation. We screwed that up royally. Yeah, we did. And I'll ask you this. This isn't a Mike Bianco shot because all college coaches do it. Do you think catchers' development in the college game is stunted some because they don't call it? Yes. Okay. Now, I do understand, and, and I've heard Mike say this, Catchers in the big leagues have all, uh, ample more time to scout opponents and are able to to do that type of thing, whereas college catchers aren't. Um, and that's why Mike calls pitches. And I, I get that argument, but I do think it does stunt some development there. Yeah, I feel like managers like to have their hands on the game a little bit more than they should in the college game, especially when you have a catcher that's maybe a junior, advanced enough, and has been catching enough games. He knows what the calls are supposed to be or what they should be. He knows the pitchers. It's not like the managers at that point know their pitchers better than their catchers. Hayden yeah, Dunhurst is a freshman. I get it. Might call in the games. But let's forecast him forward. Three years starting at catcher for Ole Miss. You don't trust Hayden Dunhurst to call games? I do understand when Mike says that they don't have the time to put in the scouting uh, efforts from from a film perspective and that type of thing because college athlete schedules are crazy. Um, I do get that argument. But, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, too. 
I'm just so disappointed in us. <laughs> we screwed that one up. Number two is Gunnar Hoagland, to our credit. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. on. He's two. Drew, at Moke Drew, when is Hayden Leatherwood going to play every day? I don't think he's going to be an everyday player. The reason why, I don't like it. Colin doesn't like it. But it is what it is. Mike Bianco plays matchups. He's done that for 20 years. Like the other night against Southern Miss. There was a lefty on the mound. So, whether there are reverse splits or not, doesn't matter. He wanted to go right-handed heavy with his lineup, and he did. So if that's going to be the case, you're not going to see Kevin Graham very much against lefties. You're not going to see Hayden Leatherwood very much against lefties. He struggled his freshman year at Northwest hitting lefties, but he's okay. He's fine. And you got to give guys like that a chance. Like Anthony Servideo was unplayable against lefties as a freshman. Got more opportunities as a sophomore. Showed that he was ready to take a step in BP and in inter-squad games. And he got better. Now as a junior, he's hitting everything. I don't think Hayden Leatherwood has gotten that trust yet from Mike Bianco against left-handers. If there weren't so many options for Mike Bianco as far as right-handers against left-handers, and again, this is not my philosophy at all. This is Mike Bianco's. And I only say if he didn't have so many options, then Hayden Leatherwood is an everyday guy, no question. But because he does have options, you're just going to be beating your head against the wall trying to say, oh, why not, why not? That's just Mike Bianco's style. Whether you agree with it or not, that's just the way it is. Yeah, and I do think Tim Elko's hit. Uh, he's got a OPS over 820 or so right now. Justin Bench, they really like him. I think, and, and those are your corner outfielders. Um, they're right-handed, so they're going to face the lefties. I think one of them for Hayden uh, Leatherwood to play every day as a left-handed outfielder is one of those guys is going to have to continually struggle to the point where they have to come off the field. The Loaf at Blackman Hair, best athlete to ever wear number 42. If we're talking about athlete... It's Stephen Moody. Okay, yeah, I'll go there. Yeah, yeah. He had a ridiculous vertical, like 48 inches, something ridiculous. Beham Ole Miss Club at Beham Rebel Club. Does Ole Miss basketball and football have the recruiting infrastructure to compete in the SEC? To compete, yeah, but we got to define what competing is. To compete with the big wigs on a yearly basis? No. You're trying to follow the whole Arkansas formula with Matt Jones. And what I mean by that is, you're six and six, then you get incrementally better, win eight games the second year, and then the third year, you're competing for the SEC West, and for potentially now, if you get to Atlanta, you're going to be in the playoff, then going to the playoff. That's what you're trying to follow, because you're not going to compete every single year, not with Georgia, not with Alabama, you're just not going to do it. You don't have that infrastructure in place. In basketball, no, of course not. No. Ole Miss um, is among the very poorest recruiting teams in basketball. If I went up to Joe Schmo and said, hey, man, you can give $100 right now and it will go to the recruitment of either a five-star top 50 basketball prospect or the number 250 prospect in football, four-star linebacker. (laughs) Come on. 99 out of 100, if not 100 out of 100 Ole Miss fans are giving it to the football player. There's just not a lot of uh, recruiting infrastructure in place in basketball. In football, oh. it's just scattered about right now. That's the problem. I like how we're calling it infrastructure. I mean, what, what else are you going to call it? <laughs> Payment plans? Hell, I don't know. But I don't think it's a big deal. I don't care. The Look, NCAA the- is the enemy, not the schools. Oh, yeah. The NCAA is just archaic and old and out of date, and only people that are insane like them. So, uh, But those people do exist, crazily enough. Our buddy Brandon Lockhart. 
at Brandon Lockhart. Do you put the toilet paper on the roll as a mullet or as a beard? Hashtag shit tickets. I'll let you go first. Mullet. I mean, if I'm thinking about it consciously, yes, but I don't actually think about it consciously. <laughs> uh, Dylan Edwards at Dylan Edwards 77. Does Colin know the difference in a Klingon and an Ewok? No, <laughs> I have no clue. Really? No. Okay. The answer to both of these is a different movie or a different series of movie or television show. So I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to let you guess. Is a Klingon Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. Yes. Is hey! It, is an Ewok Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Yes. Hey! Is it in the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, I'm talking about the Ewok, or the new trilogy? The uh, prequel. No. Dang. <laughs> Damn. We were, we were doing good there for a second. I was killing the ACT. Who is the most famous Klingon? God, Jesus Christ, man. Come on. What? <laughs> like, I wouldn't even know a name to say. Oh, come on. Not, dude, I no clue. Worf. Okay. I've not watched any of this. So. <sighs> Star Trek The Next Generation. Patrick Stewart, Picard, come on. I'm not doubting you, man. I just I, I haven't watched Star Wars. <sighs> Ty, I'm disgusted. A true rebel underscore 99. What would you think your Hogwarts house would be? I've already been sorted in. I'm a Gryffindor. And I hate defending that. I hate having to do that. It's like being a Cowboys fan. You say you're a Cowboys fan, even though the Cowboys haven't won anything in 20 years. And people roll their eyes like, oh, you're a Yankees and Lakers fan too? Same thing with a Hogwarts house. I'm a Gryffindor. I was sorted into Gryffindor. Oh, you're a Gryffindor. <laughs> okay. What was your favorite house that rivaled yours? Uh, Ravenclaw. Do you know about any of this? No. Do you know what we're talking about? Harry Potter, I know that. Okay. Anthony Clanton, at Anthony Clanton, Darius Thomas Health Update. Nothing has changed. Nothing. Yeah, I actually asked somebody about that today, and it was told the exact same thing. If you made me guess, he's never going to play football here. Same. Forrest Crumby, at Forrest Crumby, who wins between Ben Garrett and Colin Brister in a game of one-on-one -on -one basketball? Ben's taller than me and probably more athletic, so I'll go with you. That's very humble of you. It's true. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a good basketball I mean, I, player. I will say this. Now that I'm teaching, I have a planning period, and like I go to the, I go play basketball every third block. So I can shoot the basketball well, but if you actually tried to play defense, I would have no prayer. I'm not a good basketball player, um, but I'm a very physical basketball player. Yeah, I would have no prayer. To the point that my friends don't like me when I play. Yeah, I would probably want to fight you at the end of this. Yeah, I use elbows. I'm not good at basketball. But I feel like I could beat Colin. But if Colin was good at golf, he would beat me. <laughs> you know. I kind of want to take you up on this ping pong thing, though. Oh, I would crush you. You don't want that smoke, man. I just okay, bro. Yeah. Okay, so there's this thing. Back when Ole Miss went to the Cotton Bowl for the first time, not the Eli Cotton Bowl. I'm talking about the Houston Nut Cotton Bowl. Back-to-back right. -back Cotton Bowls in 50 years. The first one. The media hotel was amazing. It was at the Omni. And every single one of these big uh, bowls have a media hospitality room. But this right. one was insane. It was a whole, like, convention center floor almost. It was nuts. One night, they had the media Olympics. And it was ping pong, wee bowling, and something else. The other thing, no shot. But I thought I was good at wee bowling and good at ping pong. In ping pong, I get up there. I'm just wrecking, folks. Then 
I ran into Rick Cleveland. <laughs> Rick Cleveland stood there with whiskey straight, one-handed, and beat my ass. He won, and the prize for first was a TV. So I didn't get the TV there. It was a 32-inch oh. Vizio. Yeah. Second place was a crappy phone, and third place was like a, like a remote-controlled car or something. So then we bowling. I'm like, okay, well, that was tough. I'm a good ping pong player, but that dude, it's like beautiful mind over there. <laughs> he beat you with one handed whiskey and the other. It wasn't just me. He beat everybody. I think everybody's got to retire at that point. It was incredible. Then I go to Wee Bowling, and it's me and this dude, this older dude. Looks like he could be a plumber. <laughs> In the finals, me and him, I was whooping his tail, but then he starts to just come on. All I had to do to win a TV was roll a spare. Mm-hmm. I roll a spare and we bowling in my sleep. <laughs> Failed spectacularly. Sounds like you crack under pressure, man. I do. I have not been able to play we bowling since. Seriously, I've gotten the yips. I'm like Greer Holston with we bowling. <laughs> my <laughs> wife kills me. Kills me now. I'll be honest here. I played we bowling and, and I'm, I haven't played it in a long time, but is it not just like the same repetitive motion over and over and over again? Like, like I mean, you're I preaching to the choir here. Doesn't matter. Are you a good actual bowler? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. I, I've got many other friends that are actually good bowlers, and uh, they would laugh me off the phone if I tried to say I was a good bowler. I'm not a good bowler. No. Okay. Zach Wilson at Zach1120. Do you think Ole Miss has a 1,000-yard rusher in 2020? I don't, but if you told me Jerry Ely does it, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm with you there. Exactly. Uh, wouldn't be shocked, but I do think they're going to split the carries up enough that, that they don't. Here's one for you. I give you Jerrion Ely or the field to rush for a thousand yards. Who are you taking? Oh, Jerrion Ely. Easy. I, I don't think there's another candidate. I think Snoop Connor is really good, but I think they're going to use him in a lot of short yardage situations. I think Ely's got that breakaway speed, the home run hitter. Uh, yeah, de- definitely Ely if I'm taking somebody. Sharky Freshwater at A.H. ARV star. Now that Nashville has a professional MLS club, who are you going to pull for, Atlanta or Nashville? Uh, neither. <laughs> I, I just don't care. I guess I would yeah. root in that scenario for Atlanta because my uh, late great buddy Edward Ashoff was a big ATL fan. So I, I would go with Atlanta if you made me pick. But I, I just haven't gotten into MLS soccer. And I love soccer. I just haven't gotten into it. Yeah, I, I used to be into soccer. I'm just not now. Um, when the World, World Cup rolls around, I'll watch, even if America fails to qualify again. But, boy, we're well on the way to doing that. Trace Stuttered, at Trace Stuttered. Any chance Keith Carter, oh, God. Any chance Keith Carter has to find a new men's basketball coach after this year? No. I'm going to go jump off a cliff. No. Come on, Trey. No. No. This year? This year? That's what it says. Okay, if you said next year, like, I'd listen, like, there's a path, but this year, no, hell no. I don't even think next year there's a real path. Well, 2-16, and 4-14 and 14 next year, yeah, there's a path. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that happens. But, and some yeah. other things that would fall that could make it interesting. But this year, no, no, absolutely not. That's the age of sport we live in right now, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about this in year two, not even the end of year two. After he made the tournament last year. Bruce Pearl struggled in his second year at Auburn. Struggled in year three. Year four, it was do or die. Auburn fans were saying, if he doesn't win this year, we're getting rid of him. Now Auburn is a perennial NCAA tournament team. Went to the Final Four last year. Actually lifted my bracket. Balled out because I picked Auburn to go to the Final Four. 
It's true. <laughs> Got a coach sent to jail. Pump the brakes a little bit. Kermit Davis, give him his opportunity to put some recruiting classes together. Let upperclassmen Blake Henson and K.J. Buffin and Luis Rodriguez, let's see what they can do, what this team will be, because that's how he built his successful Middle Tennessee teams. He got freshmen in. A nucleus of freshmen became the backbone of competitive NCAA tournament teams once they were juniors and seniors. So you got to give them an opportunity. He at least is afforded one or two classes to come through four years at Ole Miss, is he not? Uh, unless next year is just a disaster. Yeah, I would say so for sure. This is a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Colin Brister in the co-host chair. You know the whole spiel. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Go subscribe to the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. The best coverage of Ole Miss athletics around. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy. Two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. There's nothing quite like Oxford, Mississippi in the spring. Ole Miss baseball is in full swing. Double-decker, spring football practices, the Grove Bowl. You ride around in your car looking at the beautiful people, the flowers. Why not experience that in a new car? Truck. How about a Jeep? Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. They'll work with you to ensure you get the car you want at a price point you can afford All you've got to do is go visit Brian, Mason, and the crew and let them take care of you through the easiest, most seamless car buying process around. How can they best serve you? To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-638-0044. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. When spring arrives, you know what comes with it. Allergies, stuffy nose, cough, sore throat. So there's no better time to assess whether or not you're getting everything you need from your pharmacy. And the only place to go is Cheney's Pharmacy. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-thru, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's is a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years and it provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221. You can visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Stephen Willis, at the Stephen Willis. Which Lane Kiffin quarterback does JRP favor most? The numbers don't prove it, but I say Jason Driscoll, but we'll hear Jalen Hurts as a comparison. It's Jalen Hurts. What is the knock on Jalen Hurts? Not great throwing the ball. He doesn't read defenses particularly well, but yeah. Super athletic, can run yeah. away and through anybody? Yeah, yeah, it's the comparison. I love it that we're already writing off JRP. Not Steven, but I'm going back to that earlier question about Grant Tisdale. John Rice Plumley, for as bad as last season was, for everybody, he set records as a runner. There's talent in there. And actually, some Heisman odds came out earlier this week, and he was on it. Really? How about yeah. that? Yeah. No, he was a real dark horse candidate, but he was on it. My whole deal is I feel like everybody else in college football, national media, other fans of other schools, are much higher on John Rice Plumley than Ole Miss fans. I'll grant you that, and I'm not near as high on him as you are, but there are uh, people in the media and people in other schools that have a lot more belief uh, in him than a lot of Ole Miss fans do. 
And I'm not convinced he's a good passer or that he'll ever be a good passer. I just wouldn't be so quick to trash him or to throw him away, discard him, or want to move him off of quarterback until I've seen what he can do with a coach that um, can develop him more in that area, that one area that's his real weakness. Forrest Crumby at Forrest Crumby. Will Ole Miss baseball compete in their third straight SEC title game this year? That's hard to project. Tournament play in baseball is tough. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I mean, I'd say no. Uh, so no, I'll, I'll, I'll say no. I think Ole Miss plays extremely well in Hoover though. They've kind of shown that over time. Uh, they played well in 16. They had a bad showing in 17, but 18 and 19, obviously two really good showings. I'll say no, just cause the odds say that they probably won't make it back, but wouldn't shock me. Yeah, that's the right answer. Braden Harrison at B Harrison, 15, 12, who ends the year with the most saves. I'm going with Braden Forsyth. Yeah, I like that. Look, he's making it a little bit too more, too interesting for my liking, but I like the the stuff from a closer perspective, and I know that's what they recruited him to be. Will Alexander at W Alexander Nine, stuck on a deserted island with three other current slash former Rebel athletes or coaches. Who are you picking and why? I got two of them already. Coach wise, I need I need AK because I can listen to stories until I die. Past that, I'll have to think a little bit. That matters, but I don't know how resourceful he is if we're trying to survive. Well, sure, but I don't need all I don't need everybody being resourceful. Like I need some some entertainment in my life. I need uh, Ed Orgeron. Yes. We're gonna live because Ed just gonna go get some fish and kill him with his hands. Ed Ed just be the killed a wolf with his hand. We'll eat wolf for supper. I need Robert Conyers. Okay, that's yeah. Yeah, he used to like hunt gators and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I need Austin Golson. What about his grandmother? Poor Graham Graham. Um, yeah, Ed Orgeron, Robert Conyers, Austin Golson. You yeah. can't beat that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of like somebody that fit into that mold. What was the guy that he played center uh, under Orgeron? And Corey Actus? Yes, there we go. Yeah. yeah. I like my group. I don't think you're going to die for a while. McKaysey at Mick underscore AZ. Is the interim softball coach really dictating to parents who they can be friends with? I have absolutely no idea. I know they're not doing well right now. That's a question for David Johnson. Works with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. The best softball guy out there. I have no clue. If you've watched one game, one softball game, in the last 10 years, you've watched one more than I have. I've watched, I think, two innings this year, so I can't say too much. Oh, well, good for you. If you put a gun to my head and told me, Ben, you're going to die if you cannot name one Ole Miss softball player, well, turn out the lights. (laughs) You couldn't get one? No. OM Hoops HQ, how important do you think intangibles are in baseball? Grit, tenacity, et cetera. Do you think this current team has some intangibles you need to be successful? You're asking the wrong guys about intangibles. (laughs) I do think you need a little FU attitude on your team. I do believe in that. Um, And I think they have that. We're not big believers in, I don't even think you can call them this, but attributes that you can't quantify. Mm -hmm. Grit isn't a thing to me. I don't believe in tenacity. I do agree, though having a confidence about you when you're up there, you have to have that, especially if you're a pitcher. Gunnar Hoagland, if he has no confidence, he's not going to be able to locate a slider. Or if the game gets tight, make the big pitch he needs to. But as far as grit and tenacity, what is that? How are you going to find that? How do you define that? 
Yeah, I don't believe in that type of stuff. I do believe in mental toughness. I I, I think that's that's a thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not big on things other than that. I, I do believe mental toughness and the ability to to put things in a vacuum and and move on to the next pitch is actually a thing. Um, other than that, I don't really. I'm the guy that you know. Somebody will say, "Oh, he's clutch," and I tell you that I don't think clutch is a thing, nor is it real. But you know, whatever. I am a person that does not dismiss team chemistry as far as players liking each other, liking to go to work every day, wanting sure. to be around each other, wanting to win for each other. That stuff does matter. I don't know how much it matters as far as winning is concerned, but it does matter. If a team doesn't sure. like each other, it doesn't matter how talented you are. There's going to be some type of um, dissension there, fractured team that does something to the win-loss record. I don't know how much it impacts it, but I do believe that team chemistry matters. I think it matters for managers, for example. There are guys out there like a Brian Snicker for the Braves who I don't believe in as tactical managers. But there is something to be said to balancing a number of different big personalities. Not everybody is a people person. Like Gabe Kapler is the most by-the-book Sabre guy imaginable as a manager. But nobody on that team with the Phillies last year could get on board with him because he couldn't treat them like human beings. So I do think there's something to that. I don't know what it is, and I do not uh, weigh it over anything numbers-wise. But there is something to that that I do agree with and believe in. Kyle Varell, my buddy at Kyle Varell, you know with the latest transfer from the secondary, would Nigel not not be a good acquisition? He would not. <laughs> Correct. When you have to go to Twitter to let everybody know, hey, guys, I'm here. I'm here. I forgot about that. Yeah, I can play. He did. He did. Jackson said it'll go well. You don't just take bodies to take bodies. Yeah, especially when they're not going to provide you a whole lot. And I don't think he would be a model citizen. So, you know, teach their own there. Yeah. Who is he better than? I mean, I guess Casper if nobody has the spot, but, you know. <laughs> He's better than nobody, but they have yeah, somebody. He, I don't think Nigel Knott's better than anything they have on the roster. You make the best point. It's weighing the risk with the actual reward that he can give you. He's not going to be a model citizen. <laughs> I've told the Nigel Knott story before, but it's true. Hugh Freeze, in that recruiting year, had gone back and forth on whether or not he wanted to pursue Nigel Knott. It was like the week before signing day, he decided, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go after and sign Nigel Knott. And the rumblings out there in recruiting circles was, if Ole Miss just pursues him heavily, they'll get him. So he brings him in on an official visit. It was basically the rubber stamp from Hugh Freeze to say, welcome to Ole Miss, Nigel Knott. He was going to commit. It was done. Put a bow on it. Over kid comes in and just acts terribly in the one-on-one meeting with freeze completely disengaged when he's touring the facilities hanging out with his player hosts not engaged in any way kind of pulled back from everybody then he goes and gets absolutely shit canned at the library which is fine pretty much all kids do but when you combine that with everything else not great hugh freeze cut bait let him go it's crazy that Alabama's still stuck with him. He could go back, I guess, if he wanted to. I don't know how that works. If you go into the portal and say you've made your intentions clear, there are no good options out there, is Alabama still bound to honor your scholarship? If you say, okay, didn't like my options, I'm coming back. What about Grant Tisdale? I mean, did, did what, what happened there? Because that's kind of the same situation, right? Well, Grant Tisdale just came back, and that was when he found out Lane Kiffin was the coach and almost honors that. And Ole Miss is not in a position to turn down talent wherever it is, period. Potential talent. 
But if you're Alabama, you don't need Nigel Knight. Right. Are you bound to take them back if they want to come back? The answer to that question is no, um, because Justin Fuente, a kid, wanted to come back to Virginia Tech, and he told him that he wasn't taking anyone back that entered the transfer portal. All right. Makes sense. Cody Wiley at Cody underscore Wiley 1991. Over under 25,000 for the spring game. Mm. They're making an effort to get that thing packed. So I, I'll give it to them. People are excited. I'll go over. John Mark Roberts at Ole Miss 902. How many Rebels get drafted in April? Mm. If I set the over under at one and a half. I'd go over, I think. I mean, I think Benito's going to get drafted, and if you tell me somebody goes in the seventh round, I'm not, like, shocked or anything, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's one either. Scotty Phillips, for example, has undrafted free agent written all over him, and he has a Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis-type impact in the NFL. He latches onto the right team and produces a couple of really good years. I could see that for him. Absolutely. I actually expect that. I expect Scotty Phillips to be on a roster somewhere next year. But drafted, no. I'll go one. Tops two. It's not yeah, going to be a that, great draft year for the Ole Miss Rebels. Nope. Mac Vaughn at Mac Wheeler. Any news or updates on possible transfer portal or graduate transfer options for help on the defensive line for 2020? No. And it won't come until later in March, early April. Todd Watkins, where's the best breakfast in Oxford? It's not Big Bad Breakfast. Thank you. I'm not a big breakfast guy, so I did. I'm not a great gauge for that. I'm not a big uh, breakfast person either, and that's why I'm good with an uptown coffee, which is quick bite stuff. I have a question for you. You're you're older and much wiser. How far do you think your car will go when it says zero miles to empty? I think the reserve tank is like 40 miles. 40? Okay. Yeah. Well, I got to uh, a place that was outside of Oxford this morning to get me some gas, and apparently this gas station didn't have gas, and I had to drive 20 more miles to work. And I can tell you that it's at least 20. So we learned things today. Oh, well, here you go. My favorite breakfast, I take it all back. It's Bottle Tree Bakery. The Beacon's fine, too. Both of them are far better than Big Bad Breakfast. The Beacon on a Saturday morning after you've gone to the square and maybe stayed out there a little bit too long, can't beat the Beacon then. Yeah. Todd Watkins, where's the best steak? Keep on driving, go to the Como. Yeah, you go to Como Steakhouse. Just keep on going a little bit. I'd rather go get a good steak from LB's Meat Market and grill it at yeah. home rather yeah. than go spend 60 bucks at Downtown Grill or whatever. Yeah, like you freeze. Yeah. Go to Funky's and have a styrofoam cup or something to try to hide that you're drinking. That was Gatorade, Ben. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Evan O, at Evan L-M-N-O-P. Marry one, punch one, have a beer with one. Lane Kiffin, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher. I am marrying Nick Saban because he's got cash. <laughs> Everybody's got cash, man. Like, Yeah, but Nick's got off. that F-U cash, that Alabama cash. It's different. Jimbo got Texas cash. He doesn't got Nick Saban Alabama cash and LSU cash and Michigan State cash and Miami Dolphins cash. <laughs> it's different. Okay, fine, fine. You win. I guess if you're going to marry Saban, you're going to punch Jimbo then. Because yeah, because I'm going to have a beer with Lane Kiffin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's marrying either Jimbo or uh, yeah. You're not marrying Lane. He ain't settling no. down with you. No. <laughs> Blue collared, comma hard nosed, at hard nosed fifteen. All right, Coach Ben Garrett, how would you manage this bullpen if it were up to you? I want to be honest with you. He says softly, 
I kind of dig what Mike Bianco has done so far. Mm-hmm. Yep, his best. Like every, somebody, who I was talking about this to somebody yesterday. They were like, you know, who's if if Max Chofis our closer, or Brayden Forsythe our closer. It's like, are we that good? And I'm like, well, if Mike Bianco had his druthers and Ole Miss had a one run lead in the bottom of the ninth, Austin Miller or Taylor Broadwood would be on the mound. But if you don't have anything to close, you don't need a closer. So exactly. he's using those guys in high leverage situations early in the game, and, and they're not able to close because they've gotten you out of situations before. Not hard, but I think he's using analytics a lot more than he uh, than he has in previous years. You can tell by there's been one bunt in eight games. That is not always the case. You just made my point. That's exactly what I was going to say. Against Southern Miss, Wes Burton started. Mike Bianco identified in the second inning that Wes Burton didn't have his best stuff. He brought in Taylor Broadway in what was at the time a 2-0 lead for Ole Miss and let Taylor Broadway go, his best reliever early in the game. Why? Because the idea of a closer in general is an archaic idea. Put your best relievers out there when the game is on the line, the highest leverage situation. Can Taylor Broadway win you the game? If you're losing in the ninth, no, he cannot. He can impact winning and win a game for you in the second, third, and fourth, though. Put your reliever, your best reliever, in the best situation to impact winning. Wes Burton pitches 1.2 innings. Mike Bianco says he doesn't have his best stuff. Let's get Taylor Broadway in there to protect a very small lead. Taylor Broadway does his job, impacts winning far more than he otherwise would have if he's just your, quote, closer, and you're waiting to put him in in the ninth inning. The ninth inning is no bigger of an inning then the seventh inning, when you're up one and the bases are loaded with one out, put your best relievers in the highest leverage situations. And so far, that's exactly what Mike Bianco has done. Because a clean inning in the ninth is actually a much easier inning than the seventh inning, one out, bases loaded. Whenever that high leverage situation is, doesn't matter what the inning is, sixth, fifth, fourth, whatever. When the score is in doubt, that's when you pitch a Taylor Broadway or an Austin Miller, whoever your top arms are. Because Braden Forsyth can handle a clean ninth. Can't agree more. I mean, it's that's exactly the way Mike's played it. It's exactly the way he should play it. And if you're an Ole Miss fan, I think that's a that's a pretty encouraging sign. Do like me and Colin. <laughs> Don't care about closers anymore. They're stupid. <laughs> Ty at a true rebel underscore ninety nine. Thoughts on the Joker movie from two thousand nine starring Joaquin Phoenix? Haven't seen it. Same. And that's probably surprising because I love movies. I'm waiting for it to come on like Amazon Prime or HBO. Netflix, it'll get there. All I got is time, man. Ty, add a true rebel underscore 99. Did you love the state baseball loss? I uh, I got a text in the ninth that they were down eight to four and I was at a Mexican restaurant. So I turned it on. I'm not going to say I disliked it. I didn't even know it was going on until Chase Parham goes, oh, state's losing to Texas State. Huh. Texas Southern. Make sure we get that correct. That was the SWAC school. Oh, Texas Southern. There you go. Ben had no idea. Yeah, I got a text. I was sitting in a Mexican restaurant. They were like, have you seen the state score? And I turned it on. I was like, well, it happened now. Ty again, is love leaving for Bama? I don't think so. Freddie Roach also didn't go to Alabama, didn't go to the New York Giants, stayed at Ole Miss, then went to Alabama. So you never know. Don't ever doubt Nick if he decides he's going to go get somebody. By God, he can go get somebody. He got the money. We'll jump right back to Colin Brister in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Impact by Ironwood and Sola, two more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right, Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. 
The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. So a few years ago, a multi-generation Ole Miss family set out to do something a little different in the world-renowned Oxford culinary community. They wanted to bring a true wine bar to the square. Upon opening the wine bar in 2013, they discovered they had one of the Southeast's best young chefs in Erica Leip. Fascinated by diverse cultures and tastes, Erica proved herself to be a true visionary when pairing food and drink, constantly discovering new pairings, and creating seasonal offerings that took the classics everyone loves and twisting them up a notch to create something truly unique. Fast forward to 2019, the family felt that their food offerings were being undervalued and decided to lean on Erica's incredible culinary talents and rebrand the wine bar into one of the best restaurants in the Southeast. Enter Sola bringing to you unique cuisine and lifted spirits. Come as you are, enjoy creative dishes and distinctive drinks as served by Erica and her team of food and beverage enthusiasts, skillfully combining ingredients from local purveyors with classic cooking techniques from all over the world. Simply put, Sola is the best restaurant in Oxford. So check them out. The website is solaoxford.com or give them a call at 662-238-3500. Also remember to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, using the at MS on all platforms. Sola in Oxford, on the Oxford Square. Ole Miss Bear at the Ole Miss Bear. I've heard you mention a story about Hugh Freeze in Florida several times, but I've never heard the story. Really? I've told this story a lot, haven't I? The short version is this. A friend of mine, one of my best friends in the world, a tragedy struck with him and his wife. So I missed the Florida game. I was going to go to Gainesville. It was the Chad Kelly disaster game. They lost like, what, 30 to 7, 30 to 13, whatever the score was. And that night, because I was not in Gainesville and not covering the game, I stayed home. I watched it, got really, really drunk because I'm mourning for my friend and drinking's fun. And uh, had a little bit too much and got on Twitter, which is a bad combo, and drunk tweeted about Ole Miss football. Next morning, wake up, uh, Chuck Texter calls me. I can't remember which one, and says, Hugh Freeze isn't going to talk to you anymore. And I'm like, what? I'm hungover. <laughs> Headed to Nashville, driving that way. And uh, I'm going to a funeral. I'll just leave it at that. Keep this in mind. I'm going to a funeral, driving to Nashville. And so I said, you know what? He can call me. Get off the phone with Chuck. I'm ranting and raving to Chuck. Get off the phone. I call Freeze myself. And he goes nuts, just crazy about how I'm killing the program, hurting the program. I've got to be more responsible with my twit, blah, 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 blah. And I have no patience for this. I just don't. And I go, Hugh, Hugh, I'm, I'm going to stop you, man. It's the day after y'all got your shit kicked in at Florida. 10 in the morning. And you're worried about a beat writer's tweets? Not about getting in film, make corrections, fix it up, improve, get better. No, 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 no. Ben Garrett's tweets are what you have prioritized. You would think that Hugh Freeze would have gone, you know what? That's right. No, sir. He dug in as he was prone to do. Ben, I don't know what your core values are, which I hate. That righteous indignation. No, no. Just, yeah. That's the story, the short version of it. I could tell you everything we said to each other, but. I have a Hugh Freeze for a story. Oh, okay. It's not it's not near as fun, but uh, Hugh Freeze was going to take the Florida job till they told him he had to get off Twitter. It wasn't that simple. <laughs> it that was just part that. of it. It, it was, was part of it. It was, but that's not that's not all. But yes, he was going to take Florida. Just think if he'd have taken Florida, how much different everything turns out. 
Yeah, Jim Wayne's hard and fired by Ole Miss. Both. <sighs> Tyler Fitch at Tyler Fitch one. Kermit is clearly a great in-game coach. The team is thin but has talent. What went wrong this season? Covered this at length on Tuesday. Appreciate the question. Go back and listen to Tuesday's podcast with Bradley Sowell. Colin asked me that very question. A lot went wrong. A lot. But I think that much can be corrected in the offseason. Daniel Dugan at Dugan54. Do you think Leatherwood and Chatney have to be in the lineup every day? Chatney, yes. And I think he will be for the most part. Leatherwood, I would put him there in the everyday lineup. But like I said... You're trying to make an argument for something that's just not going to happen because of the way Mike Bianco handles righty-lefty matchups. That's who he is. That's to the core of who he is. Do you feel it's more slanted towards left-handers not being able to handle left-handed pitchers? Yes. Yeah, I do too. I yeah. don't think it's a big, as big of a deal against right-handers, and that may be because they've seen right-handers mostly their entire life. But I feel like it's a bigger deal for left-handers with him. 100%. No doubt. Brian Patrick Murphy, my buddy at Ole Miss Murph, who do you want with the ball at the end of the game? Chad Kelly, Marshall Henderson, or Drew Pomeranz? That's like one of the better questions yeah. we've ever had. Yeah. It's not Marshall. I love Marshall. It's not Marshall. It's not Marshall. Chad Kelly. Drew Pomeranz. Yeah, it's not a bad one. I mean, it's, it's neither I was one was there. I was there. It was completely Thanks. irresponsible. But Drew took the ball on Friday, stuffed it, came back on Monday. Oh, he's going to be on a pitch count. Drew Pomeranz. And I love Chad Kelly. Yeah. Marshall is the clear number three in this scenario. Yeah. Like Marshall, I'll sit here and be honest with you. The two teams that Marshall was on, I didn't want Marshall taking the last shot on either of those teams. Yeah. You say that now when you don't think about Vanderbilt, when he hit a 37 footer. Let me tell you this. Ole Miss Marshall's last game was against Georgia in the SEC tournament. Um, in 2014, and they were down two, and I wanted Jarvis Summers to shoot the ball. And he did, and he missed, but that's I did not want Marshall. So you got ball. what you wanted because you're dumb, and the result Dude, was obviously going to happen. Jarvis was better than Marshall at the, in his senior year. Oh, my God. It Antonio Batista, uh, at PD underscore Batista, waffles or pancakes and why? Okay, this is going to be kind of sentimental. Waffles. When I was a little kid... We'd go over to my grandmama's house, and my papaw Troy would make us, every single time we stayed over, pancakes or waffles in the morning. When I was a little kid, I didn't like pancakes. I liked waffles. So we made me a waffle, my two brothers pancakes. My papaw Troy died when I was seven. To this day, if you make me pick waffles or pancakes, I'm always going to pick waffles. And I always think about that, and that's it. Okay, that's fair. I pick pancakes because they're better, but that's fine. Yeah, mine is completely sentimental. Chad yeah. Martin at Chadmar eighteen forty eight zero one nine seven. Change your Twitter handle. My God, who was going to be the closer at the end of the baseball season? Uh, I don't know which game we talking about. Yeah, what's going on in a particular game? I like what Mike has done. I really do. I don't know if it's going to last because when times get tough, managers, especially long tenured managers revert to the things that they know or their core beliefs. And Mike Bianco, for 19 seasons, has gone one particular way. So maybe that happens. But so far, through eight games, the early returns as far as how he uses his bullpen, very promising. Daniel Dugan at Dugan54. To round this out, you have to field a four-person beer Olympics team with only ex Ole Miss players in your cell. Who are your three? Any sport. Number one, Ooh. Sykes Orvis. Sykes Orvis, wow, yeah, you got to put him on the team. 
Marshall seems like he might be a candidate here. No, no, we're not smoking pot. Um, <laughs> Dude, I saw Marshall. We saw Marshall in Kansas City. Let's calm down a little bit now. I drank with him in New Orleans for the 2016 Sugar Bowl. Yeah, I mean, Marshall can put him down now. Lance Lynn. What about Chad Kelly? Yeah, Chad can get down. When you get arrested dressed as Woody and it totally kills your NFL momentum. You got to think about that. Got to consider that. That's the drinking Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Robert uh, Conyers is up there. I know I've said Robert already. Good friend of the go. program. Robert Conyers. Marshall Henderson, good friend of the program. If you're making me put together an Olympics beer team, beer pong, whatever, Sykes Orvis, Robert Conyers, and you say it's players because otherwise I'd pick Andy Kennedy. I was um, just going to say, can we put a K on this? Yeah. He'd be on there. Freeze. We could put Q Freeze. Oh, God. Oh, I got a third one. Eli Manning. Okay. Eli yeah. was a legendary drinker in college. Yeah. I mean, well, my dude is married, retired from the NFL, got a kid, and near his retirement announcement, a video comes out, and he's showing Daniel Jones how to beer pong right. Eli Manning. Eli had some fun in college, especially around Bob Newhouse. Rick Rosano. Rick Rosano. <laughs> I'm saying. There's a very athletic number 42. Rick Rosano, <laughs> damn it. Rick Rosano could eat you. Wear your face as a hat. Who would you want to fight the least amount of Ole Miss athletes over the past, I don't know, 20 years? Rick Rosano. Rick Rosano, yeah, that's what I was just kind of thinking. Eddie Strong? Eddie Strong, yeah. Well, no, no, no. The answer is pretty obvious. It's going to be bad. We're going down a bad place. Parade, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even going to comment farther, mainly because for my safety. But <laughs> Ben Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Bit on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Or right for the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. What a weird, strange mailbag it was. We started on a weird note and we ended on a very morbid note. But we got through it. Back next week. Thanks, bud. Absolutely. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.